We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting you with a solo recap of the Nets' loss to the Clippers, 124-116. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram, at BrooklynBuzzPod. But it wasn't a win, but it was a fun game because Cam Thomas went off again. 47 points for Cam, the second youngest player to have back-to-back 40-plus point games, sandwiched in between LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Pretty good company for Cam Thomas, who, again, was amazing tonight and showcased his full bag. You know, went 15 of 29 from the field, 7 of 11 from 3, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, did have 4 turnovers, but was just outstanding you know offensively was able to do what he wanted to do against some of the best defenders in the league you know you're talking about Kawhi Leonard you're talking about Paul George you know even veterans like Nicholas Batum out there and even Terrence Mann a good defender and Cam Thomas had no problem getting to his spots and a big reason that happened was not only his you know his deep bag but his ability to knock down threes you know off the dribble in this game he's showcasing a different ability than he has in the past, especially at the NBA level to shoot and knock down the threes the way he is right now. He's doing it with such a level of confidence and lack of hesitation. You know, it's just night and day in comparison to what we saw over the course of his first season and even what we saw earlier this year. So really credit to Cam. And what that does is unlock different aspects of his game. And it's really allowed him to get downhill. You know, he's been consistently attacking the rim, as you can see with the 11 free throws, you know, Cam is just doing a really good job of playing off of his strengths. And that also gets him to a point where he can get in that in-between game and he unlocks some of those just unique ability that he has to knock down shots facing the wrong direction or his hips turned and his shoulders you know, squared with the rim. Just a lot of really good stuff offensively from Cam Thomas in this game and just continues to impress at a super high level. And obviously, it's a follow-up of a 44-point game and had another career high, obviously, with a 47. But it puts a lot of pressure on Sean Marks in the front office, given how well he's played in these last two games. And should the Nets even consider putting him in a package? Or is he a guy that you think can really help you win a championship this season? We know what type of relationship he has with Kevin Durant. So it's a tough question. And I think 
doing it in back-to-back games makes you lean to keeping Cam. You know, it makes you lean to keeping him in-house and seeing what he can do, especially given the roster's lack of creation and scoring with Kyrie now heading to Dallas. So something for Marks to consider. Obviously, there's certain targets out there that could make you change your mind. You know, guys that are top 15, top 25 players, you know, it's definitely a decision that's going to be very tough over the course of the next couple of days, but really credit to Cam and taking advantage of an opportunity. And he carried this team tonight playing 39 minutes and the Clippers were doing a really good job of being physical with him throughout this game. And Cam grinded it out, you know, probably ran out of gas a little bit towards the end, but also started to see some unique defenses that are really only thrown at stars. So a learning experience for him late in that fourth quarter, but overall just a really amazing back-to-back games for Cam Thomas. But moving to another guy who's been outstanding for the Nets this season and you know has impressed and taken those strides to potentially ascend to a star player is Nick Claxton. You know, Clax had two points in the first half, finished the game with 15 points, 5-8 from the field, 5-8 from the free throw line, 16 rebounds, three offensive, one assist, two steals, three blocks, and just a ton of outstanding plays, you know, highlight plays and plays that you just don't see from any centers in this league. You know, there's a play in this game where he blocks Norman Powell, takes the ball, brings it down the court, fakes out Kawhi Leonard, and throws down a two-handed slam. You know, there's a handful of guys that can do that in this league, and Clax is one of them. And also, you could see his unique ability to defend wings in this game. You know, did nice jobs on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George when he got the switch. I thought it was interesting early on. You know, the Clippers at times were looking for switches, and those switches led to Nick Claxton. And obviously, Clax is the Nets' best defender and, you know, has probably the best athleticism on the team quite easily at this point. So, you know, Clax really turned it up in that second half, tried to lead the team to a win. You love his activity on the boards. You know, 16 boards is huge. Another double-double for him doing his job on both ends of the floor. And another guy who's just been stepping up and playing really well in the absence of, you know, many guys out in the recent trades is Edmund Sumner, you know, finished tonight with 23 points, nine of 17 from the field, two of three from three, three of three from the free throw line, five rebounds, three assists, one block, zero turnovers. Sumner, I think is a solid defender as well. And, you know, he provides a ton of rim pressure, a ton of activity is always looking to attack in transition. And you're starting to see that three point shot become a little bit more consistent, you know, and having just, uh, inability and a uh, consistency to attempt more shots. I think it's making him feel a little bit more fluent out there. And obviously, anytime you play 30 minutes and throw up 17 shots, you're going to just feel more comfortable on the court. But credit him for, you know, stepping up and having a- another good game for the Nets. And again, a-, a guy that helped them have an opportunity to win late in this game. But Moving on from those three, Royce O'Neal, I thought, was very good in the first half of this game. You know, knocked down a couple threes, 15 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 5 of 7 from three, three assists, one rebound, did have three turnovers, you know, wasn't good when he had to handle the ball or pass the ball. You know, that was just a situation where he was getting swarmed up by some good defenders on the Clippers, but we know that's not Royce's strength. I thought he did a nice job when he was on Kawhi Leonard. When he was on Paul George, you know, you see the athleticism difference between those two and the lack of Royce's foot speed. So Royce, like I said, offensively was really good to start this game, slowed off as it progressed and had some good moments defensively. After that, you know, not really a ton of great performers. You know, Utah Watanabe, I thought, brought some good energy and effort off the bench, but didn't only score zero points in this game, but had three rebounds and three assists, provided some good length. Uh, TJ Warren made his return to the court, had eight points, four of six from the field, 
uh, played about 12 minutes and had one rebound. You know, wasn't quite as active, and I think defensively looked a little sluggish out there, so understanding why he wasn't playing a ton of minutes. We saw Kessler Edwards for the first time all season, and he did not look very good at all. Uh, Drew Smith, two-way player for the Nets, played a little bit in this one, played about 13 minutes, you know, carried the ball-handling duties when Cam Thomas was on the bench, had two points, four rebounds, four assists, looked nervous to start the game, but as it progressed, I think he showcased some decent, you know, passing in this one, you know, not enough to really have any full thoughts on him. Uh, Joe Harris was pretty rough in this game, had six points, two of two from the field, two of two from three, six rebounds, three assists, one steal. But what stuck out for Joe is the late game mistakes, you know, obviously had that turnover late kind of forcing the ball to clacks where he probably had a layup. Um, and then defensively was just getting hunted by the Clippers. You know, they were just consistently going at him. And when he wasn't giving up a bucket, he was probably giving up a foul. And sometimes, you know, both were true. You know, that and one to Nicholas Batum late in the game pretty much sealed it for the Clippers. So Joe Harris continues to struggle, has felt like he's never really found a role with this team this season and defensively has been pretty damn bad you know the the year of 2023 I thought he had some good moments to start the season but has been bad you know this year and over the course of the last couple weeks and you know Joe's a guy that's likely to be moved at the deadline especially when he's performing like this and at this point in time you know doesn't probably have much value is more of a salary filler and looking at another guy who's a three-point specialist but did not do anything positive for the Nets tonight was Patty Mills. You know, 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, minus 16. I think that's a, a team low, and it felt that way. You know, Patty, similar to Joe at this point, if he's not knocking down threes, he's getting cooked defensively and not really providing you much else. So that's a struggle. Um, Daron Sharp continues to look like a guy who should not be getting NBA rotation minutes. Um just not very good in a lot of avenues and some of that's not his fault he needs more development but some of that's just lack of tools that he has you know he's just not going to be able to be successful in this scheme with this team as of right now you know things could change but it's definitely an uphill battle for Daron Sharp moving forward but overall really happy with the way the team performed you know shorthanded Kevin Durant still out Ben Simmons making his return tomorrow the Kyrie trade is now official so he was out of here Dory Finney-Smith and Spencer Dewey are incoming and could potentially play tomorrow but that's that's it for the game and you you credit the Nets for playing with really good energy and effort you know defensively it was where they struggled in this game the Clippers obviously scoring a 124 points but only had seven turnovers and that's where I think the Nets defense where they're they weren't getting stops because obviously the Clippers shot 47 percent from the field and 40 percent from three and were able to take care of the ball and the difference really was the Nets had 16 turnovers and you know the Nets only took 84 field goal attempts 92 for the Clippers. Both teams shot really well. The Nets 48% from the field, 51% from three. But that difference in field goal attempts and turnovers was huge in this one. Also, free throw differential. Clippers attempted 30 free throws. The Nets attempted 22. So those were really the differences in this game. And for a team that's shorthanded and missing a lot of their wings, you couldn't be too upset with the way the Nets played in this one. I think the Clippers... Didn't play their best game, and that left opportunity for the Nets to be successful and get a win in this one. But overall, again, credit the guys. Really happy with the performance of you know Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, Edmund Sumner. You know Cam and Nick doing everything they can to make sure that they're staying on this team throughout the deadline. Um, we're gonna jump into some of that trade stuff, but a quick little break. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we are back jumping into some of the latest trade rumors and news surrounding the Nets. Obviously, biggest news of the day, the Nets and Mavericks trade is now official. Kyrie Irving, Markeith Morris heading to Dallas. Dory Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, 2029 first round pick unprotected and two second round picks are heading to Brooklyn. This trade was something we obviously knew about yesterday. The Nets were trying to hold off making it official so they could expand it to a three or four team trade, you know, which would have potentially made it easier to acquire another big contract or just moving salaries in and out is typically easier when you have more teams involved. But I don't think it was the end of the world that they weren't able to get that done today. You know, it does limit their ability to move Spencer Dinwiddie and Dory Finney-Smith. Now those guys, if moved, would have to be the only player going out from the Nets side in a trade. So something to just keep an eye on. And we did have reports that the Nets could potentially move those guys, you know, if the right move came along. So just some notes on that front. But overall, not anything crazy today on the Nets front. We just had some more rumors discussing the Nets are looking to be aggressive with acquiring more players for this team. You know, some big names were brought up from the Nets. We'll kind of jump into each one. Obviously, the biggest one, Pascal Siakam. That would be the piece that could get the Nets instantly back in contention and really make them one of the best teams and one of the toughest matchups for the Bucks and the Celtics moving forward with the amount of length that they would have on the wings. Obviously, we'd have to see what the 
you know, outgoing stuff from Brooklyn would be, but Siakam, you know, at his best can be a top 15, top 20 player and has had some really good moments and is also good on both ends of the floor, really good rebounder as well. You know, Siakam is a guy that consistently improved a competitor and like I said, would push this team back up top, back into contention and, you know, is probably not as offensively talented as Kyrie Irving, but Easily could be argued that he's a better two-way player at this point, but we'll see if Toronto finally, you know, caves and is willing to move him. You know, a lot of the reports have said, you know, Raptors are reluctant to move Pascal Siakam. He's a guy that's developed there and has become a really, really good player. And if he is moved, that would signal a complete blow-up. But there also have been some reports of the unsureness of the Raptors and the combination of Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. And if Siakam being there is kind of holding Barnes back. So see how that influences it. There's been also a couple rumblings that the Raptors have had interest in Nick Claxton. You know, they had interest in him last deadline, offered a first round pick. I'm sure if Siakam was heading to Brooklyn, Claxton would be a guy that Toronto would want. And that'd be something the Nets had to have to think about. I think as of right now, I'm not sure if you make that move unless you have a really good pivot into another center, which the Nets don't currently have on roster and would have to find out there on the market. And also, obviously, Cam Thomas playing out of his mind right now would be somebody else the Raptors are looking at and looking to acquire if you know Siakam was heading to Brooklyn. And potentially the other avenue would be if the Nets could find first-round picks for some of the other players on the roster. You know, if they could, instead of have three first-round picks heading to Toronto, five first-round picks and a swap or two in a couple of seconds, you know, maybe that's enough to get it done if Toronto's really looking to just blow this thing up. Uh, there was also reports that the Nets had interest in Fred Van Vliet. The initial report said the Nets were looking to move Spencer Dinwiddie in draft compensation for Van Vliet. You know, there's been some other rumblings that the Nets actually weren't looking to move Dinwiddie, and it was another package with some other role players on this team in sending picks to add Van Vliet with Dinwiddie being here. Just something else to kind of keep an eye on. I think the Nets are exploring every avenue possible to add more good players to this team. OG Ananobi, another guy tied to the Nets as well. You know, obviously uh, an elite two-way player, one of the best wing defenders in this league and would establish the Nets now as clearly the best defense in the league if he were to go to Brooklyn, given what they have in Nick Claxton, Kevin Durant, Dory Finney-Smith, and the potential of OG and then some other, you know, solid defenders on this team. So that's really what we've heard about Toronto. Also, some more rumblings today about Chicago. You know, there was some talk about potentially Zach Levine, you know, having interest from Brooklyn, DeMar DeRozan, you know, from some lesser reporters and more of just kind of rumors rather than concrete stuff from Woj Shams or some of the, you know, more experienced beat writers out there. But again, you know, two guys that could potentially fill a scoring load and provide an impact in Brooklyn and have relationships with Kevin Durant. It's going to be interesting because the Nets are aggressive. They have these picks. I think they desperately want to use them, not only to improve the team, but also show Kevin Durant that they can still be competitive with Kyrie Irving being gone. And obviously, Spencer and Dory Finney-Smith are going to add a lot to this team. You know, They asked Vaughn about it after the game. He talked about how these two guys instantly will make the Nets a, a stronger, you know, a better defensive, and a more athletic team. And I think he's right about that. You know, it, it definitely would push the pace more with this team and defensively and just give you more guys that can 
literally dunk the basketball, block shots, and do those type of things and just have those highlight plays, which is definitely something. And maybe if Ben Simmons ever gets back to playing at a high level, he could be one of those guys as well. Just a quick note, he was mentioned as someone tossed around in trade talk with the Raptors. Not sure how much credence that has. If the Raptors have any interest at this point in time, they did in the past, but it doesn't seem like that'd be somebody, you know, the Raptors would be looking at right now. But who knows? You know, it could be a buy low candidate. You know, they could build his value back up and turn him into some future picks or build around him in the future. But overall, that's that's it on the Nets front. You know, we did have uh, the couple mentions of the Nets, you know, centers that they're looking at, but that was also past news. Again, it's, it's going to be a waiting game. You know, one of these sellers kind of has to cave. And soon as we start to see moves happen, I think that's when, you know, it's going to be just kind of a snowball effect and it'll be bang, bang, bang. And it's really going to be on Sean Marks to find that value and get used to these picks. And I think if it's not Pascal Siakam, it's not OG Ananobi, I think there's other guys that can be attainable that could help this team and could help just look to raise their talent level and raise their ability and just add different ways to attack and build different strengths with this roster but we'll see how it all plays out big thanks everybody for listening check the buzz on all streaming platforms whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the EE system yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.